1: i may not understand everything about the holy spirit neither do you but that doesn't mean that we can't simply by faith accept what scripture says and receive into our lives the divine power of the spirit that transforms our
2: lives that's pastor mark finley and this is hope lives 365 at hope lives 365 we believe god answers prayer Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. It's through the Holy Spirit
1: that we enter into intimate dominion and communion with the divine. Understanding the Holy Spirit, when Jesus left this earth, He promised to send the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit's working tonight here. He's drawing us closer to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's working in your life on a day by day basis. Those convictions you feel deep within your soul come from the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit is life transforming. And when you look at the Gospel of John, John 14, 15, and 16 are the primary chapters in the Gospel of John on the Holy Spirit. And let's look at those chapters. Jesus in John 14, verse 16 said, I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Jesus is about ready to leave, and he says, because it, the world, neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus said to his disciples as he was leaving, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be more beneficial to your life than my personal presence. Not simply because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at all time, but what Jesus was actually saying is, I am going to draw you through my Holy Spirit to a more intimate relationship with myself, to a closer relationship with myself, than if I were here personally as your teacher and as your instructor. The first and second person of the Godhead, the Father and the Son, take up residence in our hearts through the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. You see, Christianity is not simply a cognitive approach to life that is logical, although Christianity is eminently logical. But there's a supernatural element in Christianity where Christ wants to dwell in your heart by his Holy Spirit. Can we fully understand that? No. But we can appreciate it and open our hearts to this divine influence where we become the temple of the living God, where Christ dwells in our hearts through his Spirit. In the book, The Coming of the Comforter, page 41, Leroy Froome, great Adventist scholar, makes this critical point Jesus was the most marked and influential personality ever in this old world, and the Holy Spirit was to supply his vacated place. No one but a person could take the place of this wondrous person. No mere influence would ever suffice. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, wants to live in our lives. And you remember what Jesus said? He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you like some orphan. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Christ wants to come into your life more fully through his Holy Spirit. You see, the truth of the matter is this, the Spirit dwells in us in proportion to our willingness to allow him to dwell in us. The Spirit fills us to different degrees. So each one of us have a measure of the Spirit dwelling within us. But the more we kneel before God, the more we are brokenhearted before God, the more the Spirit fills our lives in a greater way, Jesus fills us with his personal presence through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Review and Herald, November 29, 1892. The work of the Holy Spirit is immeasurably great. It is from this source that power and efficiency come to the work for God. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter as the personal presence of Christ to the soul. So as you open the Bible, as you're reading the Gospels, As you feel yourself strangely warmed as you read the story of the cross, that is Jesus entering into your life through the Holy Spirit. As you kneel and pray and you feel the presence of God in your life, that is Christ with you through the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the work of the Holy Spirit very precisely? What does God want to do in your life through the Holy Spirit? Let's look at it. What does this precious heavenly gift desire to do for each follower of Christ? Why does it make such a difference? What's Jesus longing to do through the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life and in mine? First, the Holy Spirit is our personal helper. Notice John 14, verse 16, reading it together again. Let's read together. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now, notice that word helper in Scripture. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your what? Advantage that I go away. Now, if I were one of the disciples, I'd say, Lord, I think you got it wrong there. You know, I think you made a mistake there, Lord. Lord, it's not to your advantage. Wouldn't you want to have embraced Christ? If you were one of those disciples, wouldn't you want to say, Lord, you're not going anywhere. Lord, I need you. What do you mean it's to my advantage that you're going away? And Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I'm going away. For I will not go to help or will not come to you. What is Jesus saying to his disciples and to you and me? He's saying, there is an experience that I have for you that is richer. There's an experience that I have for you that's fuller. There's an experience that I have for you that is greater than my personal presence being with you. He says, but if I depart, I will send... Notice it doesn't send, I'll send it to you. I will send what? Him to you. The third person of the Godhead, the personal presence of Christ. Now, did you see that word? Jesus said, the helper will come. The word helper is really a difficult translation, really a difficult translation. There are some times that the English language does not grasp the fullest meaning or interpretation of the Greek New Testament text. You'll notice the King James Version of the Bible says, I'll send the comforter to you. The New King James says, I'll send a helper to you. The Greek word for that is paraclete, paraclete. Let's look at the first part of it, para. We have the word parallel. We'll say that the train tracks are parallel. Something that is parallel is something that goes side by side, right? Parallel. So we have the Paralympics. The Paralympics go side by side with the regular Olympics. So para is something that goes side by side. You see this word cleat, C-L-E-T-E? That cleat comes from the word kaleo, which means called, So the paraclete, the best translation of paraclete is one who is called aside for the purpose of helping. Now, the word paraclete was used in Greek literature. It was used in the Roman times this way. It was a legal term. This is a term that was very well known. So if you were living in the first century, you'd have known this term paraclete. It's a legal term. If I'm going to go to court, and it's much more than an advocate, we would call it in the United States an attorney. You would call it an advocate. Much more than an advocate. So when a person in Roman times was called to court, they would be given a paraclete. A paraclete was the one who would come alongside of them and take full responsibility for that person. So the paraclete, the one called alongside, would actually feed them in prison. If they provide food for them, they would bring blankets for them to keep them warm. They would be their defender in court. So the paraclete would be one called alongside to comfort, help, and strengthen and supply your every need. So when Jesus says, it's to my advantage you go away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, what he's saying is... I am going to send the third person of the Godhead to supply the basic needs of your life, the basic needs of your life for strength and comfort. The paraclete is one who's called to the side of for the purpose of helping. Leon Morris, in the Gospel according to John, in his Bible commentary, page 665, is talking about the paraclete. And Morris is quite an astute scholar. He says this, any friend who would take action to give help in a time of legal need might be called a paraclete or an advocate. So when Jesus says, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, what he is saying to you is this. I am sending to you as a Christian. Open your heart to receive it. Open your heart to grasp the reality of it. I am sending the third person of the Godhead to be by your side as you walk through life, as you walk the mountains of life as you go through the valleys of life my Holy Spirit is there at your side he will give you help in time of need when you're down with sorrow and tears fill your eyes he will wipe those tears away and put new joy in your heart When you've lost hope, he'll inspire you with hope. When you have financial needs, he will be there to give you direction. When you have to make a decision, he's there to give you guidance. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will be there living in your heart day by day, moment by moment. Praise God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus himself experienced the full gamut of human pain and emotional trauma. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, would be one who would be the representative of Christ and fully comprehend whatever human being ever went through. Jesus, on the cross of Calvary, went through physical pain that's unimaginable. His nails were driven through his hands and a crown of thorns jammed upon his head and blood ran down his face. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus had Peter who denied him and Judas who betrayed him, and his own people who forsook him. So Jesus knows the depth of emotional trauma. You know, I often have young people say to me, how can Jesus ever identify with every human being? Because Jesus didn't go through what every human being ever went through. Let me give you some examples, they will say. Here's a woman that went through the trauma of a divorce, and they say Jesus never went through that, so how could he possibly understand a woman going through a divorce whose husband left her from somebody else? How could Jesus ever understand a mother whose child was born dead because he never had a child? How could Jesus ever understand somebody going through chemotherapy that loses their hair because he never went through chemotherapy? How do you harmonize all that? How could Jesus ever understand the cravings of a heroin addict because Jesus never took heroin?
2: Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley.
1: How could Jesus ever understand the cravings of a heroin addict because Jesus never took heroin? Here is the answer to that question. Jesus bore denial on the cross of Calvary greater than any rejection or denial that any woman has ever faced. Because the deeper you love, the more you can experience heartache and sorrow. So when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, when Peter denied him, the pain that he experienced when his own people rejected him was greater than any rejection we can face. The physical pain that Christ experienced on the cross was greater than any physical pain that any of us can ever experience. When Jesus denied his appetite for 40 days in the wilderness, he denied every physical craving and passion. And as the result of that, it is greater than any physical craving and passion that we can ever experience. So Jesus experienced every human emotion, the human emotion of denial, the human emotion of betrayal. He experienced guilt, not because he had sinned, but because he took the condemnation of the world upon himself. Jesus experienced physical pain. So whether it's physical, mental, emotional, social, that's all wrapped up in Christ. So when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, the Spirit comes to us with the full comprehension and understanding of every bit of physical, mental, emotional trauma that we ever go through. And the Spirit is there to comfort. He comforts us when we are sick. He comforts us when we go through natural disasters. He comforts us in every aspect of life. I was greeting people after a meeting. We were in Los Angeles. We were having two evangelistic meetings a night because so many people were coming. And as... We would have the first session at 5 o'clock, the second session at 7. So I would greet people after the first session. They would leave. We'd have a second session. We had probably 1,000, 1,500 people coming on some of our evenings. And uh, between the sessions, I'd try to get a little soup. We'd gather our staff together to get ready for the second session. And just between sessions, I noticed that our sound engineer wasn't there. His name was Eddie. Not there. So I went back out into the auditorium. And I noticed him by the sound booth lying on the floor. A man in his 50s. He had a massive heart attack. We immediately called the paramedical personnel and the emergency services. They came and took him out to the hospital. Noticed that he had some blockage needed an angiogram. I went to visit him in the hospital and everything seemed to be okay. They said his operation will be the next day. As I went Back to the hospital the next day, I received a phone call on my way, and they said, We wheeled him into the operating room. He had a massive heart attack and died. His wife and son are with him now in the operating room. The doctors have left. They're standing there. Pastor, would you go in to be with them and comfort them? It was probably one of the most difficult experiences of my life. I walked into the operating room. There, my colleague was lying on the table, dead of a massive heart attack. His wife was there. Her son had his arms around her crying. And I walked in and embraced them both. We stood. Sometimes it's best not to say anything. Sometimes a warm embrace. And we just hugged one another. And I said, you know, he was a dear friend. And I know you're going to miss him. And I won't experience the pain you're going to experience. But I just want you to know there's a hole in my heart today, too, that I can sympathize, that I can identify with you. I watched over a period of two, three, five years, the Holy Spirit give that woman incredible comfort. Although she did not minimize her pain, she didn't fall apart. She sensed that one day she would see her husband again. She had a children's ministry. And she cast her life into that children's ministry. And the Holy Spirit gave her a strength that was supernatural gave her a joy in spite of the sorrow that was beyond human comprehension, that gave her a hope for the future. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, the personal presence of Christ, can do for you something that's amazing. Now, you know, the Bible says in John 14, verse 16, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter. I'm interested in words. The word comforter is also an interesting word. Notice that he may abide with you forever. The word comforter comes from two Latin words. Come means with, fortis means strength. So the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is the one that strengthens us in trial. He is the one that encourages us in difficulty. He is the one that provides help for every need in our life. He is the one that draws us day by day to the things of eternity. Christ's Object Lessons, page 96. None are so vile, none have fallen so low, as to be beyond the working of the Holy Spirit's power. In all who will submit themselves to the Holy Spirit, a new principle of life is to be implanted. The lost image of God is to be restored in humanity. Wherever you find yourself tonight, there may be somebody here tonight that says, Look, I look back over my life and I'm filled with guilt. I'm filled with shame. I've made some mistakes. I say to you tonight, none are so vile. None have fallen so low as beyond the working of the Holy Spirit's power. One thing that is amazing to me is I've traveled the world, stood on the platforms of the world for 50 years... I've watched as God has changed people's lives, as God has given them new hope. The Holy Spirit provides through Jesus the assurance of the forgiveness of our past. The Holy Spirit provides through Jesus the power to change our lives in the present. And the Holy Spirit provides through Jesus hope for the future. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, an entire change can be made in our lives. Are you struggling with something tonight? Is there some sin in your life that you are struggling with? In this first presentation, open your heart to Jesus. Say, Jesus, dwell within me through your spirit. Change my life through your spirit. Give me a new power through your spirit. Tonight, is there brokenness in your life? Some brokenheartedness in your life? Some sorrow like a sword that has pierced your soul. Open your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, come and heal my heart through your spirit. Is there some heavy burden that you are carrying? Say, Jesus, come and take that burden off my shoulders. Are you faced with a decision in your life? Some decision you need to make. Decision about a job a decision about a relationship, some basic decision you are facing right now, the third person of the Godhead wants to give you divine convictions about what you ought to do. And if you open your heart to Jesus through his Holy Spirit, he'll impress you with the needs you have personally in your life. The Spirit will come and bring healing to brokenness in our lives. The Holy Spirit will come and draw us out of ourselves and give us a richness in our prayer life, a richness in our Bible study life. He will develop within us this heart hunger for God, this desire to know God. The Spirit will strengthen us. Through his power we can become overcomers. The Spirit will give us guidance and the Spirit will give us strength to witness and to share out of the context of our genuine life with Jesus in ways that we cannot imagine. You know, I love that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, blind. Now I see. You know the story of the song. John Newton, slave trader. His dad trafficked in human slavery. One of the most heinous crimes ever to face humanity. John's boat was going from London to the coast of Africa. People were rounded up jammed in the bottom of that boat. About 40% of them died before they ever got to England. He traded in the merchandise of human beings. His mother was extremely godly. She brought him up to know God. But he left it all for the life of a slave trader his dad had a boat and from the time John was young that's all he wanted I wanted a boat he got his boat one night someplace between the Horn of Africa and London they went through a terrible storm waves were high the thunder crashed the lightning flashed rain poured down and John knew that this was the end of his life and are wet and cold and chilled. He said, Jesus, do something in my life. He saw himself as he had never seen himself before. The Holy Spirit brought great conviction on this man. He saw his sin. He saw his rebellion against God. He had never felt this way before. As he knelt and prayed... He said, Jesus, I want to be your man. Miraculously, that storm calmed. He struggled for a period of time. Didn't give up the slave trade all at once, but eventually he did. But as he thought about his life and the miraculous change that the Holy Spirit had made, he began to write and he wrote that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, that wants to do in your
2: life far more. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's last altar call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.